Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I'm Ben Duncan, and on this podcast, I will be interviewing prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana. Today's episode is just going to be myself, and I'm going to be talking about uh, counter offers and pay rises. So I put a post up on LinkedIn last week regarding counter offers, and they're something we're seeing pretty much every time someone resigns from a role now at the moment in the Salesforce ecosystem in Australia. Um, predominantly, we are seeing companies making counter offers to try and keep that employee. Now, I don't want to go on about counter offers for too long because I think there's lots of information out there as to whether or not you should accept a counter offer or if it's something you should consider. But after I put the post up, I, I had a, an inbox message from someone that, that commented that realistically getting a counter offer is the only way to get a pay rise. And actually, I, I just wanted to challenge that and give some insight into how people can approach the pay rise discussion without going through the process of interviewing for other jobs and then taking their resignation to their employer in the hope that they will be counter offered. So my, my first point on this is, yeah, really, you don't have to go through that process going there. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you, you won't get a pay rise by just asking. But there are ways that you can present a request for a pay rise in a much better way than a resignation. Ultimately, the resignation is only going to lose trust and force uh, the hand of your employer if they are to make you a, a pay rise offer to keep you. Whereas realistically, if you go down the path that I, I would recommend, if money is the key factor behind why you're looking to move role or the main reason why you're starting to look out for other jobs, there is a better way of, uh, of approaching that. And ultimately giving your, your current employer the option of increasing your pay before you even start looking for a role. So the, the second point I would make is that depending on how long you've been in your, your current role with your current employer or when your current employer last recruited for a Salesforce professional, it could be a fair assessment that they actually don't know that the Salesforce market has seen a huge increase in salaries over the last kind of 12 months or so. You know, I speak to companies that are looking to hire talent for the first time in a while. And, and they have this misconception that the market must be full of Salesforce talent because of COVID and, and people potentially losing their jobs. So your company may not know that Salesforce salaries have gone up. They may feel that you're paid in line with the market rate. In some cases, you may still be paid in line with the market rate. So don't just presume that companies do know that you're underpaid or perhaps that you could earn more in other companies. It shouldn't be taken as a, a given that everyone is on top of the market rate. The good news in the current market is that companies are now more eager than they've ever been to retain and uh, reward higher performers. So this is you know, something we see, uh, hence the companies that are offering counter offers. It's going to be very hard to replace high performers in the current market, in, especially uh, you know, I can talk for Australia and New Zealand, but with the borders being closed, you know, there's no additional experienced talent coming into the market. We are seeing obviously more and more junior resources, junior candidates looking to get into the Salesforce ecosystem, but the net new experienced talent isn't going up because the borders are closed. Therefore, uh, in order to replace you, a company probably is going to have to pay more than you're currently earning uh, in a lot of cases. Plus, they're going to maybe have to pay recruitment fees. Uh, and it's very, very hard to find good talent. So companies have never been more eager, more keen to keep hold of their best performers. 
And if you fall into that category, then looking for a pay rise, if you're deserving of that, then uh, then you're in a good position to try and negotiate that. The next point I would say is that not everyone is deserving of a pay rise. As blunt as that may sound, not everyone in the market is a high performer. Not everyone is underpaid. And ultimately, there's a, a number of factors that go into um, pay and, and pay grades and, and salary bandings in diff- different companies. And just because you work in the Salesforce ecosystem, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know, your pay is under what you should be paid. You know, the top, top developers will be rewarded with higher salaries than the developers that aren't at the top level. And that's ultimately based on the value that they add. So yeah, I think it's important to really make an assessment of where you're at in terms of your skill set and the value you add. And I guess not to make assumptions just because Salesforce salaries have gone up, that you would necessarily be picking up a, a huge increase by moving roles. So yeah, not everyone can just rely on on getting a pay rise. There's a, a underperformance is one angle of that. Like if you are underperforming, ultimately your company isn't going to want to pay you more. But other things come into it like tenure. So if you've been in your current role for three months, then um, it's going to be quite difficult to negotiate a pay rise now. Whereas if you've been in the the role for you know two and a half years and and you haven't had a pay rise in a while, then then it's a lot easier to to position your your case and and your argument as to why perhaps your company should consider giving you a pay rise. I also think that that people need to really understand, well, what kind of pay rise am I looking for and what is that going to mean to me? I speak to people quite regularly and even contractors and, and they're looking for, you know, they're, they're considering moving roles for an extra $50 a day with a new company or, you know, someone's looking to, to move role and go from one permanent role with one company to another and the, the pay rise is $10,000 and pay is the only reason they're moving because they're happy in their current role. So my, my advice to those people is to always actually work out, well, what, what does that pay rise mean to you? What, what does it mean to you after tax? In Australia, there's a platform I use to calculate um, salaries and uh, it's, I'll, I'll put the link in the, the notes of this episode, but just wherever you're based, go onto a, a, an online salary calculator and uh, type in the, the pay you're on now and work out obviously the net figure that you get per month and what tax you pay. And then type in the increase that you're looking for. And uh, and then you'll understand actually what what that figure means to you after tax I mean, obviously, any pay rise is beneficial in terms of your after-tax earnings, but the the difference that you get by moving roles for $50 a day might not be as significant as in your mind it sounds um, after you've taken tax into account and then moving between jobs and moving into an environment that you're not familiar with. And and obviously, the the higher your salary is to a point, the higher your, your tax banding is. Therefore, the net figure in your pocket after the tax has been taken out might not be uh, as big as um, as you'd hope. So it's worth taking that into consideration, um, especially if you're looking to move between jobs. It's you know moving between roles. If you're happy in your current role and it's only for the money, um, you really need to know what that money is actually going to mean to you. And also when you're about to negotiate a pay rise, I think it's good to know, well, actually, if I do get this pay rise, what does that mean for me? And, and does it make a significant impact? Or if not, am I actually selling myself short and should I be looking for more money? Um, so going into that discussion, knowing what a salary increase actually means to you. So once you've established, if you actually um, feel, you know, now's the time to ask for a salary increase, like I said, you don't have to then start looking for jobs outside of your current organization if salary is the only factor. So really, your manager is unlikely to be able to approve your pay rise request on the spot. Um, it's quite likely they have to go and get things approved. Um, there might be levels of management above them. 
There might be um, finance discussions with the finance team. It's not as easy as just a, a yes or no answer. So the best way to approach this is to do the work for them and to build a business case to help your manager present this case to anyone above them or anyone else in the approval process. Now, I see people expecting a pay rise purely because the market's gone up and and ultimately that isn't a business case, right? So if you imagine that your manager isn't making the decision and someone that doesn't know you so well is making that decision, then the justification that your salary should go up because salaries across the Salesforce market have gone up might not necessarily be enough of a justification for you to achieve it. So I think the, the, the key things here are to work out, actually, what have you achieved in your role? Now, this is is obviously something that someone has, if someone has been with a company for a lengthy period of time, there's going to be more achievements um, that they can really map out and, and use as justification. Whereas if you've only been in the role short term, it's going to be a lot harder to justify a pay rise based purely on achievements, although you might have had some, and hopefully you will. Um, the longer the list of achievements, the stronger the business case. So work out, you know, what what have you achieved in your role? Things that perhaps you you weren't expected to achieve or things that you've gone out of your way to achieve. Um, so that could be, you know, in a Salesforce admin role, you've improved user adoption by 20% um, from when you joined. It could be that you've realized that there was some wastage on uh, licenses and, and you've managed to remove those licenses and save the business a certain amount of money. So when you're looking at these achievements, you, you need to kind of tie that back to what impact that has had on the business. And um, that could be improved customer satisfaction. It could be improved revenue. It could be uh, you know something you've changed in the way that you um, manage support requests that has enabled you know streamlined support requests and 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 meant that your users are getting their support a lot quicker, uh, improving their ability to do their job, which has a knock-on impact on revenue. So try and tie things back to the impact on the business. If you're working in a consulting organization, that could be you've improved a relationship with the customer and they've signed up for another statement of work um, that perhaps they weren't going to do until you improved that relationship. And that's X amount more revenue than, than if you hadn't been on that particular client site. These are all things that really strengthen your case and make it a lot clearer as to why you should receive a pay rise. The other thing is to, to think about your job description. So when you were hired into your role, your company felt that they were paying a fair salary based on the expectations they had from that job. So go back through the job description and work out what, what do you actually do now that you weren't hired to do? That could be mentoring junior staff. It could be working uh, weekends to do deployments. It could be supporting another team uh, that you weren't initially supporting, another business unit that are now on Salesforce. That means the user base has, has increased. It could be that you are working for a consultancy and you weren't hired to do pre-sales, but you are now doing pre-sales and the, the impact that has had on the business. So yeah, really look at ways that, that you've done things that weren't necessarily um, in your job description or your responsibilities when you were first hired. And then make sure they're really clearly mapped out so you can show, you know, I was hired to do ABC, but now I'm doing XYZ. And really the importance on that to the business has meant that now I am uh, in a position where I feel I should be paid more. And then look at actually what are the average market salaries in your area? So just because the salaries have gone up, it might be that, you know, Salesforce developer roles have gone up a, a lot higher than Salesforce administrators or technical architects might may have gone up more than project managers. So just because you're working in the Salesforce ecosystem, um, not all roles and all salaries are equal across the whole realm of Salesforce. So it's important to understand what the actual market rate is for someone that does your job in your city 
with your skill set. And the only way I feel you can actually do that is by having conversations with people that are in the market that truly understand your space. Now, for me, that isn't a salary survey because there's so much variation to, you know, you, you can't judge someone based on how many years they've been doing something. It's about what they've done in those years. So, you know, a salary survey might class everyone with less than two years experience as junior, but some people have, have learned a lot more and delivered a lot more in two years than other people. So I don't think a salary survey is a great way to go about making your case for a pay rise. Obviously, if the, the salary in there uh, that's being shown is a lot higher than you're on, um, then you can be forgiven for using that as a guide and, and using that as a representation of the market. But I would also really recommend speaking to people, um, recruiters, people that really specialize in Salesforce, maybe peers, previous managers, just to, to really get a, a good feel on what the market is paying for someone with your level of skill and knowledge. And really, that's what your manager is going to want to know and to be able to take to the, the people above them or in and around them to, to get something approved. Because if you can clearly show that you've done your research, um, your salary is significantly lower or just lower than what other people are being paid, and you've delivered X, Y, Z and really added significant value since the time you've been hired, you've created a really, really strong business case there. The other angle, a lot of people think that certifications are a way to justify a higher salary, but just by having a certification, it doesn't necessarily add significant value to your employer. So let me explain that. So if you have gone out and got a CPQ certification, but your company doesn't use CPQ and has no plans to use CPQ, then that certification alone doesn't add significant value to the business. If you know that your company is about to implement CPQ and you go away and get certified in CPQ in your own time, whether or not the, the company have paid for that certification, and then you continue to build on that knowledge so that when you are ready to implement CPQ, you have really, really strong foundational knowledge around how that should be done and you can guide them and, and deliver success with that project. That's when the certification has become valuable to the business and, and your knowledge and, and your, the time it's taken for you to upskill and get that certification potentially then could be rewarded with a pay rise. I think a lot of people feel that because they, they had more certifications, they, they naturally then got more money. Um, and I actually feel it's, it's a confidence to ask for more money or, or to, to back yourself to achieve a higher salary once you have more certifications. I don't actually believe that it's the end result of just having a number of more certifications to the pay rise. I think that statement can depend because some consulting partners will pay people more money based on certifications. But if you're working in an end customer, I, I don't see that happening too regularly. I, I don't think uh, you know customers of Salesforce necessarily pay more just because of certifications. They're paying for the knowledge and the value that you bring, um, not just the certifications that you have. And also, not I, I think it's important to focus on other things outside of just Salesforce certifications. So, you know, have you upskilled in another programming language, and, and are you bringing knowledge from that language into your role in Salesforce, and and you know, streamlining things or building things in a better way because of the knowledge you've gained? Have you gone on a Scrum Master course, and although you're not performing the role of, of Scrum Master in your project, you're assisting the Scrum Master to do their job more effectively and taking some of their workload. Therefore, that might actually um, mean that your value to the company and the value you add has gone up and therefore the pay rise is, is something you can justify. So yeah, this is when you, uh, you really have to build the case, put the case together and, and really nail that because if there are any holes in your case, it's going to be more and more difficult to get that approval. So yeah, once you've got that case, obviously book time in with your manager, um, explain the research you've done, explain the steps you've taken. 
and don't position it as I'm, I'm going to start looking for another role unless I get a pay rise. Position it as I've gone away and I've done some research around what I should be paid based on the skills I have. Um, and here's my justification as to why I deserve a pay rise. And this is the pay rise that I'm ultimately looking for. And I'd appreciate your support in making that happen. Now, there's no guarantee that you'll get a pay rise. Um, some companies you know, are going through more challenging times than others. Some companies won't give pay rises unless you've been with a company for a certain period of time, or perhaps um, they can only give pay rises in, in certain months. So um, at least this way, you've put your best foot forward. Uh, you've made your, your line manager aware of what you're looking for. And if they can't pay the, the money you're looking for, you, you're in a position where you, you know their hand and you know how they, uh, they feel or, or you know what they're working with, what their restraints are. Uh, and then you can make the decision as to whether or not you go out to the market and look to achieve the pay rise externally that you're not able to achieve internally. Now, this is also my approach or would be my approach if I was a Salesforce professional, because then... When I do come to resign, if I have secured a higher salary from somewhere else and I'm moving on, then you know that if your current company offer you a, um, a pay rise at that point, after they've already turned you down for a pay rise, that they're only doing that because of the, the fear of losing you and, and potentially they didn't value the work that you had done uh, during the time you were there and, and now panicking about potentially trying to replace you or the, the impact it's going to have on their business and their role. And that's why they're, they're offering the pay rise. Um, whereas if you go and uh, and you never have the discussion around, can I have a pay rise before you resign, then you, you'll never know if um, if they've truly valued your work or if they're they're really just valuing not having to replace you and keeping someone in your role and ultimately have panicked and uh, and given you that additional pay rise. So yeah, I think if you if you're confident that you you deserve a pay rise and and you follow these steps, I think um, in in the current market you're well positioned to to be rewarded for the work that you've done and the the value that you've added, um, and you don't necessarily have to resign to achieve a pay rise. But you know that if you have gone through these steps and you don't get the pay rise, then perhaps moving on and finding a role is the next best step for you. So yeah, happy to answer any questions around this. Please do reach out if you've got any questions or concerns about what I've said, or if you'd like some help going through this process, then I'm more than happy to, to speak to any of our listeners and uh, answer any questions you have and give any support that I can. Good luck. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talent Hub Talk. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love it if you could subscribe and also leave a short review. Um, we're keen for this podcast to reach as many people in the Salesforce ecosystem as possible, and your reviews will help us do that.